is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Far off path! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Whisper it quietly, Pompey top of League One. The final whistle has gone at Oakwell and Portsmouth have held on for three points. They have beaten Barnsley by three goals to two. Not even seven minutes of injury time could save Barnsley from defeat on Tuesday night, despite an inspired second-half response from the Tykes at Oakwell, where until this week, the Blues had not won in 22 years. So Pompey were able to secure all three points and in doing so, go top of the division. John Messino will be talking us through what he and his side did differently in the preparation for Tuesday's match in order to get that victory. There's nothing particular we've done other than just make sure that we've got a lot of energy, make sure we press high, and everything sort of came together, I think. So a lot of the things that we've been working on really came together, and, and the boys were just very, very positive in everything they did. Paddy Lane was one of the three goal scorers for the Blues in midweek, and he's been going through the emotions he felt when his eighth-minute strike hit the back of the net. I'm sort of itching to get my first goal this season for the club. Obviously, I got the one back in the last season, and you know, since then I watched score, and it made it even special that you know it was in this net over here, and the Pompey fans were up there. And when I scored, you know, I could see my mum and dad going nuts. So it was, uh, yeah, it was unreal to be fair. We'll hear from both John Musino and Paddy Lane tonight, and of course, we want to know what you've got on your mind, too, Blues fans. Get in touch over the course of the next 60 minutes with your thoughts on Pompey's midweek win over Barnsley and your predictions for tomorrow's clash with Lincoln too. 81400 is the number you need to text, starting your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Find us on Twitter at expressfm is what to include within your tweets or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We've got you covered here on Express FM right the way up until 7 o'clock this evening with all of the latest Pompey news, discussion and reaction to. It's Friday night, it's 6 o'clock. That means you're listening to a Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along to what promises to be yet another interesting edition of the Football Hour here on the only radio station broadcasting from the great waterfront city of Portsmouth. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach South. Download the app now from your preferred mobile app store to pre-prepare and pre-pay for your next journey. Well, coming up this evening, we'll be previewing tomorrow's visit of Lincoln City to Fratton Park, looking ahead to the unveiling of the Jimmy Dickinson statue and, of course, deliver a full reaction to Tuesday night's 3-2 victory at Oakwell. And that is where we start tonight. John Messino took his side, the only to remain unbeaten in League One thus far, to South Yorkshire to take on last season's beaten playoff finalists. Portsmouth hadn't won away at Barnsley since 2001, but that was all about to change. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and score! 90 minutes 
of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Lofted towards the far post. Bishop's there, looping header over the bar. It's a good Hill chance. Hill. It's a good chance early on, and those are the chances I'm talking about when you come to places like this. And Lay keeps going down the right wing. White for support. Lays off to White. Pompey just outside the penalty area. Cross looking for Bishop. It's too short the near post. Was Bishop fouled? Yes, he was. Penalty. Robert slid out the goal, uh, slid out the Barnsley goalkeeper. He didn't get the ball. He got Bishop. Penalty kick Portsmouth. It's Bishop against Roberts, and Bishop scores into the bottom left corner. Keeper goes the wrong way, and Portsmouth lead early on at Oakwell. Barnsley nil, Portsmouth one. Loose ball in, Pompey's half is played forward. Bishop helps it on, and Lane's throw on goal. It's one on one, Paddy Lane against the goalkeeper. Lane scores! What a brilliant finish, lifting it into the top corner, and you can see what that means to him. He was away, there was no defender anywhere near him. He had time to think, set his feet, pick his spot. Barnsley nil, Portsmouth two. Counter-attack for Barnsley and Pompey are in trouble here. Devontae Cole, he's got support with him. Ball just not quite right, the grey shirts need to get back. Cotter's got options if he can look for them. Oh, fantastic defending from Rafferty once and then twice. And Cotter falls down, he's not going to get a penalty for that. Wow. And I mean, Portsmouth was... get themselves a free kick. It's still 2-0. As Pompey win it high up the pitch again, and Lane to Bishop, chance in the area, Robertson, good save, follow-up, blocked, still there Robertson, and it's now gone behind for a corner kick. It may well fall for Morell on the right wing, who drives down past Cotter, chance to deliver, decent cross into the middle, Ogilvy's there, and Ogilvy makes it three! He's not going to miss from two yards out. Perfect cross from Morel. Ogilvy just had to get it on target away from the goalkeeper. He powered past Roberts. It's Barnsley nil, Portsmouth three. And White helps it to halfway. And Bishop again has seen Lane. And it could be space for Pompey. And Robertson's made a run. And Lane just can't find him. Still there in the centre circle. I don't Pat know why he's trying to find him Sorry, so accurately. He just plays it down the side of him. White can't get the second challenge, or he can. Oh, that's a foul. Well, Cotter's put his yeah. hand on the ball. I thought that was going to be the foul. Referee deems White had committed a foul before then. Barnsley free kick just outside the corner of the penalty area, 3 0 pop. I actually thought he won the ball there. Barnsley might be able to break forward, and Cosgrove is away from Paul, and there's space on the right hand side. It's a chance for Cotter, and he scored. Barnsley have got one back. Pompey opened up down the left-hand side, and Barry Cotter gets his second goal of the season, sliding it under Norris. Barnsley won, Pompey three. Jamie McCart, that's a crossfield ball, and that's found Cotter in all kinds of space on the right, just outside the box. Cross in, decent header, is well wide of the target, and it'll be a Portsmouth goal kick, 3-1. Robertson is going to strike this, and it's saved comfortably by the goalkeeper, Liam Roberts. Left-footed ball is chipped forward by Barnsley. Oh, it's misjudged at the back, and Cole has put it wide. And that is a massive let-off for Pompey, and Shocknessy and Norris not on the same page, still 3-1. Left-footed delivery whipped in, header is not really connected with as desired, and the ball will be out for a Pompey throw. And Morell chips that one forward. It's not going to reach White. Well, it wasn't initially, now it will. And Bishop might be able to drive forward into the penalty area. Bishop might shoot here. Bishop will shoot. And he'll curl on just over the bar. Still 3-1. Williams has got away from the run of Kamara. And they've got an overlap with Cotter. Chance to cross from the right into the Pompey penalty area. Chance for Cole. Good save. Second chance blocked. Goal kick.
Kamara's chasing that down the left-hand side. He's going to keep it in. It's good from Kamara. Robertson in the box. Robertson, decent first touch, blocks his shot. It just bounced up a little bit and Barnsley will get it away. Dodgson's got loads of space to whip across into the far post. The header is saved by Norris. No, it's not. He can't keep it out. Barnsley have got a second one back. A far post header and one that Norris knows he should save. I think it's Callum Styles' first of the season. And it's going to be a nervy final 13 minutes here. It's Barnsley 2, Portsmouth 3. Here's Kamara, Pompey 40 yards from goal. Abu Kamara, what can he do? Drives past one, lovely from Kamara until the finish, which he blazes over the bar, 3-2. 40 yards out, here's Waters in the penalty area. Needs to be closed down, this is dangerous. Lofted by Phillips to the far post, Norris is going to come. Punches it, doesn't get much distance on it. Shots driven goalwards and goes Seven. wide. Seven, Seven minutes of added time. The final whistle has gone at Oakwell and Portsmouth have held on for three points. Brilliant in the first half, dogged when they needed to be in the second. They've got the job done. They have beaten Barnsley by three goals to two. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham there providing the commentary of the Blues' midweek victory at Oakwell, a result which keeps in play for sides unbeaten League One status this season and also the club's first win at Barnsley in 22 years. And it was a result which had quite an impact on the League One standings. So let's take a look at that now. Um, down at the bottom, Cheltenham Town, Fleetwood, Burton, Reading in the drop zone. Wigan Athletic, who Pompey take on next Saturday, just outside of the bottom four on goal difference. Um, Tuesday night's opponents, Barnsley, they sit in sixth position after their third defeat over the last six games. Of course, prior to Tuesday's game, they had gone three consecutive victories in League One, all without conceding as well. Tomorrow's opponents at Fratton Park, Lincoln City, are in 10th position with 12 points from their opening seven matches. And the top six, we've mentioned Barnsley in sixth, Stevenage are down to fifth, Oxford United fourth with Port Vale in third position. Exeter City are in second place on 16 points and also on 16 points, but with a bit of a better goal difference. Top of the table, Portsmouth Football Club. The results on Tuesday night, Peterborough 3, Cheltenham Town 0, Port Vale 2, Burton Albion 3. Anything other than a defeat for Port Vale would have kept them top of the League One standings. But of course, it is Pompey who now go to the summit. And here with us to go through the Blues table-topping win over Barnsley midweek, we have Alex Fletcher. Alex, good evening. Good evening, Jake. And also Freddie Webb with us up until 7 o'clock. Freddie, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much, Jay, for having me. And, it, yeah, it's nice to be in the studio for a change. Very yeah, plush. It is. It is indeed to have, great to have you in the flesh here in the studio. Freddie, look, there's one place to start. Pompey, top of the League One table. Your assessment of that fact? <laughs> <laughs> you have to love it, though, don't you? I mean, I know it's only eight games in, but four wins, still unbeaten. <coughs> a massive result on Tuesday, which I didn't expect at all. Barnsley's a... Horrible place to go to for Pompey, and there haven't been too many results there, but no. What a win in the end, and what a first half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alex, a Pompey top of the table, then it is September the 22nd as we talk about it now. And whilst, as Freddie's alluded to, it's, it's a great feeling to be a Portsmouth fan right now. Top of the table, still unbeaten. The, the pace setters in the division as things stand. It is also important to look at it the other way and be maybe a little bit reserved and, and quietly confident about John Messino's side and their, and their position at the table right now because we have been here before, Alex. 
Yeah, of course we have. I was going to say, since we've been uh, in League One, I think we've been top on several occasions. And it has tended to be around the earlier stages of the season. But I mean, let's let's still enjoy it. It doesn't mean it's not a decent achievement at this stage of the season. But as I say, we're only eight games in. I think there's a, there's a long way to go. But I think what was positive is the games that we've taken the points from recently. You know, sort of a point away at Derby in a game we probably should have won. Uh, beating Peterborough at home, you know, taking three points away at Barnsley, which we haven't done in... Uh, <laughs> lost track of the last time we won at Barnsley. So obviously then, you know, Lincoln has to must win tomorrow, then you go into the Wigan away game. And then you, I think that's then exactly 10 games. And I think I always say after 10 games, that's when you can get a real idea of where you're at. So if we come out positively from those two, then I think there can be some optimism for the season going forward. Mm. Um, but keep our feet on the ground. But at the same time, you know, if fans want a chance, we're top of the league, you know, who's... Who's to, who's to say that they shouldn't? I think it's a, it's a really positive thing and there's some uh, some really positive signs coming out of the club at the moment. Absolutely. Um, we were talking ahead of the game, Threddy, on the Football Hour and the, the sort of previous editions of Pompey Live leading up to that match at Barnsley on Tuesday night about Pompey's start to their, their respective matches and how they, they don't really get off on the right foot. You look at the Peterborough game, going about a goal behind, of course, putting that one back and winning 3-1. And, and really in every match across the division, maybe Leighton Orient um, aside, Pompey have that slow start and they do have to battle back in the second half to, to get the result over the line. On Tuesday at Barnsley, we saw the complete opposite. 3-0 up after just 16 minutes, two goals after just eight minutes. That really was the ideal scenario for John Messino's side to get that early start and we'll come on to talk about the second half later and we'll go through the goals individually but it proved to pay dividends to have that early start because Barnsley pro- proposed quite a threat as well. Oh absolutely yeah no it was an integral for Pompey to get a reasonable start um, even if you look at the Derby performance away even though they played really really well there wasn't really a clear cut chance for a long time in the first half and it, it was very grinding but no it was Brilliant by Bishop to get that chance, brought down by the keeper and take that penalty really well. And then the counter-attacking move afterwards in the same minute straight from kickoff. Brilliant play. Um, I can't remember the last time Pompey started that brightly for a while now, and it was very pleasing. And, I mean, 3-0 up after 16 minutes, I know we'll go on to. And a nervier finish in a little bit, but no, many people thought that 3-0 after such an early start, a game might have been done dusted like that. Let's hear from uh, boss John Messina now and see what he had to say after Tuesday's game. Max Swatton asked for his thoughts on the match. Absolutely delighted with the result. To come away here with, with three points is, is a difficult thing to do. I think Barnsley have won four games on the bounce. They haven't conceded in those four games. They've beaten a side here 7-0, a side who were right up there as well. So, yeah, you know, they're a really, really good team. And to come away here with, with three points, like I said, not talking about the performance, um, considering the the sort of tough week we've had as well um, and a few of the issues that we've had over the past couple of days really really thrilled it was an unbelievable start three goals in eight minutes two of them in the same minute what sparked it we've been focusing on and starting a bit better than we have been over the past seven games and we've uh, you know, there's nothing um, particular we've done other than just make sure that we've got a lot of energy make sure we press high and everything sort of came together I think so a lot of the things that we've been working on really came together and, and the boys were just very very positive in everything they did it, a lot of it came from the way that we pressed and, and the way that we were aggressive and yeah it was it was nice to see them put the ball in the back of the net the the only criticism I had and this sounds really really picky was the fact that we didn't go in um, four or five nil up at half time because I think that just really eases the nerves even coming out and having that chance I think at 3-1 just changes the nature of the game so it was it's hard to really pinpoint what we what we did well but whatever we did we've we've got to make sure we keep doing that on to the second half not the performance you would have wanted what were we lacking 
so I think there were a few things. Is a culmination of, of um, you know of, of issues or, or points. Barnsley made the the tactical switch. Um, well, they, they changed their shape very slightly. They brought three players on, and you know, putting two up top gave us um, certainly a different dynamic. I thought Devante Cole came and, and pinned Joe Rafferty a lot of the time, so we couldn't get out to the to the wing back. And, and one of the one of the strange things, it's, it's, it's a great um, sort of learning curve for, for everybody, for our coaching staff, for the players, is that we we have all well, we have these two days to spend um, as many hours as we possibly can thinking about how we're going to set up for Barnsley, which we did, and you probably saw the fruits of that labour in the first half, and then every everything changes at half time and we've got to adapt a bit better we need players to adapt a bit better that was the first bit I'll take all of that on board uh, the second part of it I thought was the fact that we just we started to do things I didn't see in the first half so we, we gave the ball away sloppily Part players that hadn't given the ball away once in the first half suddenly um, were dispossessed I think the first goal came from us being dispossessed and then the the, the the issue there I, I've sort of got no problem with I want players to play I want them to be brave if they give the ball away they give the ball away the second part of it I was slightly disappointed with, with how I thought we started to lose runners we weren't tracking quite as well players were getting skipped past and that caused us problems it put a lot of pressure on the way we defended there were some longer balls going up to Colby three players challenging for it and, and the ball dropping down and then breaking naturally so those are the real areas we can improve upon and then I think uh, the other thing, it's, it's no, it's no excuse. I, I don't like to ever make excuses, so it's quite nice to be able to come here and explain uh, part of that second half performance when we've won the game. Is the fact that we have done the, the derby chip on on Friday, Saturday it was a massive sort of emotional and physical toll that it took on on the lads, uh, um, and then we've come up here long, long trip yesterday. Um, those things really do come into it. Uh, we also had through the side Joe Rafferty coming back who hasn't played in a number of weeks Paddy Lane doing his first back-to-back uh, -back starts back-to-back -back league starts for a, a long time I think probably since May uh, Colby as we all know coming off the back of the um, the virus I think you know Gavin White it must be the first time he started eight league games in a row for a long long time now all of these things we know we have to improve upon but that's just to give a bit of uh, a bit of context it is nice to come out and be able to explain those things away because I think when you don't win games it sounds like excuses but certainly um, there were loads we need to do better some things out of our hands um, but you know we'll keep going forward I think we'll be in a lot better shape um, as we as we go through the season Head coach John Musino there and we'll be hearing part two of that interview a little later on in tonight's show Alex Fletcher Freddie Webb alongside us this evening Alex we're going to come on to talk about the goals later on but um, first of all Pompey's positive start at Oakwell two goals within the first eight minutes of course Conor Ogilvy um, making it three just eight minutes later on the, on the 16th minute um, given the fact it's been a, a good 22 years since Pompey have won at Oakwell. Four points taken from Derby away and Barnsley away in the space of just four days. Still unbeaten in the division. Given the fact we've had those two sides we just mentioned, Peterborough at home in September as well, which we claimed a victory in. This isn't just Pompey atop of the league because they've beaten either relegation fodder, mid-table sides or newly promoted teams. This is actually real statement results, aren't they? This isn't you can compare it to previous seasons as we did before that interview there Alex but there are much more positive results coming out of this yeah I think you're expressing the emotions of every Pompey fan when we're just trying to say well it is different this year it is different this year but I think it yeah, I think you know, starting against some some tougher teams. We said when we looked at the fixtures, you know, the first five six games are going to be in theory the easier run, and we get into September, and it's and it's very very difficult for us. We had a couple of indifferent performance performances in the first few games. We picked up some wins as well, though. Um, this is obviously the real test for us. I mean, at home to Peterborough, I feel like we really controlled the game overall. We dominated. I 
wasn't at Derby, but from what I can see, we deserved to win the game and maybe can feel a little bit hard done by that we didn't. Um, and then from the from the perspective of the Barnsley game, and I couldn't quite believe it after 16 minutes what I was seeing. So I think it, it just goes to show that we can sort of go against those kind of teams and really, really perform. I think the, the task will be now is to prove that when teams come to Fratton Park and set up and try and defend for a nil-nil draw, which we have come undone, against previously how do we deal with that so it's almost like a, a role reverse we know we can do it against the big teams can we now do it against the teams that will maybe be lower down on the table particularly at fratton park but it's it's really positive signs and and well long may it continue and all Pompey fans would uh, would want that long may it continue indeed alex thank you very much right it is time now for a very quick break but when we come back we'll get more from alex and freddie you guys tuning in back home and blues winger paddy lane too he's been discussing his return from a spell on the sidelines and the mood in the dressing room with my injury and stuff, it was tough. And then, you know, the gaffers trusted me again after Saturday. And we've put a real marker on the top of the league. And, you know, we, we're telling teams what we want to do. And, yeah, to get the results this week, the last four days, we just need to follow it up, uh, Lincoln at home. Paddy Lane's post-match interview, as well as more from John Bassino to come, where the Football Hour returns. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back to tonight's episode of the Football Hour, driven to you in partnership with Stagecoach across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they provide across the South Coast of England and beyond. As always, we've been asking you to get in touch with us on the show and that is exactly what Linda Mail has done during the break. Linda, thank you very much for getting in touch on the emails. She says, I think most Pompey fans were in dreamland on Tuesday night with Pompey 3-0 up within 17 minutes at Barnsley but it wouldn't be Pompey if I didn't make it difficult for their fans and make it a nerve-wracking end of the match. But this team hung on to the three points which probably last season they wouldn't have. Hopefully we can build on the four points we achieved in our last two away games and get the three tomorrow. Play up Pompey, Linda on the emails. And if, like Linda, you'd like to have your save this evening, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Text the word EXPRESS to 81400. Follow that with your name and message. Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Right, let's start off with the goals from midweek then. In the eighth minute, um, Freddie Webb, actually two Pompey goals in, in the same recorded minute of a match. And I'm not just talking two Pompey goals within the space of 60 seconds. These were two goals on the actual eighth minute of the game. Freddie, before we actually divulge into them, have you ever seen that before or heard of that before? <sighs> not top of my head, no. Um, <laughs> def- definitely a moment to remember, though, I'm sure, because... Yeah, when you're resetting yourself, when Barnsley had that kickoff mm. straight after the penalty, I didn't expect Pompey to, to turn immediately turn it around into a counter attack at all. Never, never thought that would happen. 
And particularly odd to see two goals in the same minute, Freddie, but, 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 but for two goals for the same team in the same minute, as you, as you mentioned there, it is difficult to maybe regroup after scoring. And, and, and the old cliche says that you are most vulnerable when you have just scored because it makes the opposition maybe more lively and, and willing to get that, that goal back. Of course, Barnsley have the kickoff, they have the possession, and to then go on and take possession back um, and to score that second is fantastic. Talking about the first goal, then, Freddie, um, Colby Bishop converting from a penalty spot. He was brought down by goalkeeper Liam Roberts. Um, what was your take on that decision? by the referee of course you know, blue tinted glasses we say yes it's a penalty do you think maybe the keeper's harshly done by there or do you think it was Stonewall it's the sort of thing where the goalkeeper has to try and go for the ball there he can't just stay on his line and let the striker just barrel down and dribble like that so no he had to at least try and make the challenge but he gets barely any of the ball so it's definitely a penalty for me even with blue tinted specs on <laughs> and bringing Alex back into the conversation now then uh, we mentioned the same minute eighth minute Pompey doubled their lead to 2-0 Paddy Lane the goal scorer for this one Barnsley took the kick off Alex Pompey regained possession back very very quickly ball played forward to Colby Bishop in the centre of the pitch lovely little flick on first time over the top of, de of a defence to uh, an on-running Paddy Lane took two or three touches before he was able to dispatch a lovely shot by the way uh, just on the edge of the box looping over the goalkeeper and into the top bins um, first of all Alex going through that goal plenty to, to really pick apart from it what a flick it was from Colby Bishop the previous goal scorer to set Paddy Lane on his way Oh, it was absolutely exquisite. The entire move was was absolutely incredible. I think the flick from Bishop. I mean, the, the I think I forget who it was who won the ball back initially at the back, but that was that was superb. Straight on it after the kickoff, the flip was superb. And Paddy Lane, I thought maybe he'd just taken it a bit too far, but then he had the audacity to get onto that left foot and just curl it over mm -hmm. the keeper. I think a lot of people would have snatched at that. So, for someone who hasn't exactly been in the goal so much since he started at Pompey, it's it's absolutely fantastic from him, and it's great to see him up and running for the season. It was a brilliant move. I honestly could not believe what I was seeing. I'm the same as everybody. I don't think I've ever seen two goals in the same minute. That's absolutely incredible. It's another little piece of history for Pompey, I yeah. suppose, if, uh, if it has if it's never been recorded before. So, yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic, and it really, really set the tone for that first half. Refreshing as well, Freddie, to see Pompey so positive and effective on well not just a counter attack but on an attack in general as, as Alex quite rightfully mentioned there Paddy Lane with that goal um, it's the kind of opportunity where you, you see most teams week in week out they get and you think okay it's an easy goal and they do convert it Pompey over the last couple of seasons I, I swear watching we, we seem to get these easy opportunities where Paddy Lane is 40 yards out with no defenders around him, giving him all the space in the world. And Pompey always seemed to squander them. It either ends up back in the defence, we're playing it round the back, or it, it just goes awry of the goal. To see the Blues so effective on the attack and to score that second goal, exquisite finish, and, and goals coming from, from all over the pitch as well must be really pleasing on the eyes of Pompey fan. We mentioned it in part one about how things are different this season. Is this another factor to that? Uh, it's brilliant to see, isn't it? Um, it was brilliant that Colby Bishop proved in this game that he wasn't just a, he's not just a penalty box striker playing a vital role in the play. And it was nice to actually... We, Pompey fans have seen a lot, haven't they, in so many games where for ages they've struggled to get clear-cut chances. And when they do get their clear-cut chances, either the final cross that evades them or it's the final touch or it might, or it might be the final shot right at the end that just goes over. But no, it was an excellent finish by Paddy Lane right in the corner... Some of his performances beforehand have been brilliant. I liked um, when he set up, I believe it was Christian Sadie in a, a previous cup game. Mm -hmm. Very direct, very positive on that side. 
And it shows that Gavin White can also play in the middle. He, yeah. did, he did quite well in that side in the front three, so it's very fluid and very flexible, which I really liked. But now they have to keep going with creating those clear-cut chances and taking them because we've seen it before, haven't we? Pompey go down stretches where if they're playing opposition, they like to park the bus a little bit or they're playing very difficult sides. Though that... Those clear-cut chances don't come very often, do they? Yeah. It was Joe Burrell who had a big part to play in that second goal uh, in the build-up to it, Alex. And uh, he was actually very heavily involved as well in the third goal, 16 minutes into the game. Pompey in Dreamland, 3-0 up away at Barnsley. A Joe Burrell cross from the right-hand side, pinpoint accuracy, by the way, from the midfielder coming back from suspension. Connor, uh, Connor Ogilvy heading in from around about six or seven yards out. Bullet header, um, straight down the middle. Keep had no chance, straight through his arms. Um, Alex talk us through that one, that the cross, the finish as well, the separation from, from the Pompey defender. It had it all, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I've been very critical, as a lot of people have, of Joe Morell in, in recent weeks. Um, <clears throat> so, excuse me. And I think, obviously, for him, ensuring that he maintains his discipline is an absolute must. And obviously, we need to make sure that he maintains that over a long period. <clears throat> Sorry. But uh, I think in terms of the game, he was absolutely superb. He really commanded that midfield. I think a lot of people came back from Derby and said maybe they looked like there was something missing in that midfield, and I think he could have been that focal point. But, yes, I mean, to, to win the ball back, it was brilliant in that second goal, and it was a, a pinpoint cross. Um, I think he put a couple of other balls in as well that were really, really positive within the game. And, and Olga, Olga, he's just there. He can't miss. He's a defender with an eye for goal. And, and uh, yeah, I, I actually I was watching on iFollow, and I'd actually completely missed the goal. And I'd, I'd just come back downstairs to the TV and saw a replay, and I saw the, the cross go in. I couldn't quite believe that we come three 0 up in sixteen minutes. It was absolutely incredible, and and yeah, Olgovi is one of my my favourite players mm. in this team. So it's really really great to see him uh, see him get another goal for the team. And yeah, I, obviously we needed three goals in the second half <laughs> as the second half went on. Mm. But um, it was just a, an absolutely unbelievable start. And you know, we have been critiqued for not starting quickly enough in uh, in previous weeks. So it was great to see this time. We'll come on to really assess the second half and the events of it in the next few moments or so. But it is time now to hear the rest of that post-match interview with John Musino. After the full-time whistle at Oakwell on Tuesday night, Max Swatton asked the gaffer what it says about his side's character to have left Barnsley with all three points, despite Barnsley's late efforts, to rescue a draw. I mean, that was a tough, tough, tough second half. And when the second goal went in, there was plenty of time to go. Um, we made a couple of substitutions at that point, And I think then we sort of had... Uh, Probably one of the youngest sides that we've we've put out in a in a league game at that point with um, with Sparksy, um, Abu, Tino, Terry um, occupying sort of four of those positions. And um, to be honest, I thought after the second goal went in, although Barnsley had the majority of possession and, and enjoyed some good opportunities, they didn't create a huge amount of chances, and that was really really pleasing. So I did feel relatively calm towards the back end of the game not quite as calm as I had in the first half but we, we saw the game out brilliantly you can't go and blow teams away and um, and, and play like we did in the first 45 um, all the time we'd love to but it's, it's just not going to happen we knew we were going to get a reaction out of Barnsley so to see the game uh, out in the way we did absolutely thrilled and just looking at the result you've obviously said multiple times this season about coming away to places like this and, and grinding out results and, and getting wins so how nice is it to, to be going back to Portsmouth with all three points Oh, it's amazing! It's the it's the first, you know, it's the, it's the most important thing. And if you'd have offered me four points from these these two games, I would have snapped your hand off. If you'd offered me the performance of the weekend, the performance in the first half, I would have been absolutely delighted with that. So, 
they're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with what we've done. That was a really tough period for us to, to get through. Sometimes that's the way the fixtures fall, um, and you know, there's a real challenge. That's a challenge for the lads. That's what you've got to deal with on a uh, in the league season. I think the, the EFL is is like nothing else in terms of the demands, and I've, I've been through it many, many times. Um, you you dust yourself off from one game, and and you go again, and you go again, and you go again. And the, the fans that travelled tonight and travelled on Saturday, they'll know that more than anything else, because I'm sure as soon as they thought they were back in in Portsmouth having a rest they were back on the road again to, to Barnsley so we all feel it uh, together which is which is great um, but yeah really really happy with it what did you say to the lads after and what I can imagine is, is quite an upbeat dressing room yeah I, I mean it's probably not as upbeat as you would, would imagine just coming off the back of that second half but once things calm down and we have to take a bit of perspective on it then yeah, we'll, we'll realise that it was, a, it was a we're in a very very good spot um, so I said to them you know let's get the the positives done, um, away win, uh, four points off these two games, uh, you know, a blistering performance in the first half, and then plenty to improve upon, which is um, which is great. And all the players knew that. Sometimes you you speak to players and you see sort of, um, I guess, vacant um, stares looking back at you, thinking, you know, what the hell are you talking about? I just looked at players in there that knew it. They're, they're an unbelievably good group, and they know that they can do better than that. Um, they absolutely know it, and there's stuff that we improve upon as coaches, they improve upon as players, um, and that's the, the key, I think, to, to make sure that you know you've never cracked it, you keep working and, and going again. Um, but, yeah, once the dust settles, as soon as we're on the coach, I think we'll, we will just, um, in, a, in a very professional and calm way, just make sure we enjoy it. I, I really want us to enjoy the good moments this year, and that was one of the best ones. You mentioned them slightly there, 654 Pompey fans braving the uh, the Yorkshire weather tonight. What's your message to them as, as they head back to Portsmouth tonight? How, how many was it? 654. So, yeah, not, uh, my, my predictions were, uh, were wild, but, um, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable, I think. Uh, we came here last year on a Tuesday night and we got battered. And I thought the fans that night, rightly, were sort of angry at the performance and, and the way that we played and you know we've come a long long way since since then so yeah thrilled for thrilled for them that makes the the long long trip back they'll get they'll get back in the early hours of tomorrow morning and, and that's a tough one that's a really tough one as a fan again as, as difficult i think is that those two games are for um, for a team traveling um even more difficult for for the fans at least we get a, a coach and a, and a coach driver so fair play to them all and, and stuck with us and i could hear them um in the in the I would describe them as uh, tough moments in the second half. We could hear them. They got the team through it. Um, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, John Messina there with his recap of Tuesday's 3-2 win over Barnsley. And like most of us, or like all of us, I imagine, as Pompey fans, very nervous heading into that second half, of which Freddie Barnsley had made three substitutions at half-time. They showed their intent with that second 45 minutes. John Russell, Nicky Cadden and John McAtee coming off. Callum Styles, Owen Dodgson and Sam Cosgrove coming on three players coming off the bench, Freddie, that you'd argue could start in most League One teams. That is quite some option or three options to have as a manager, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, it was quite clear that Barnsley had strong squad depth from just those three substitutions. I mean, Callum Styles, Hungarian international, brilliant midfielder, can orchestrate a loss in the centre of midfield. Sam Cosgrove, we've seen him play against Pompey several times and as much mm. as people have preconceptions of him for being a bit of a donkey he's he always he causes so many so much trouble for defenders yeah. um and he just brings others into play and he definitely did in that second half and i know it's easy sometimes for a team that's three nil up to get a little bit complacent and especially if the opposition brings players on off the bench who have talent like that 
But no, it would have been nicer if Pompey just locked it down a bit easier, <laughs> wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking back to Plymouth Argyle away, Sam Cosgrove, um, playing for the Pilgrims last season. Yeah, real, real, real nu- nuisance. Um, really quickly, coming on to talk about the goals, then, Alex. Of course, we're not going to go into there's, there's too much details we would for Pompey ones, but 49 minutes in, just four minutes after the restart, Barry Cotter pulling one back for the Tykes after being, let's be honest, given way too much over on, on, space over on the right-hand side. Something that really Pompey going forward would have to try and eradicate just just so much space for for, for Barry Cotter on the right and, and really Conor Ogilvy, although was singing his praises tonight and rightfully so, was nowhere to be seen at that position. Yeah, I mean I think the both centre backs got got dragged across and then Ogilvy came across as well. It was we were a little bit narrow at times in the second half. I think we maybe gave him too much joy on out in the wide areas in those in those periods, particularly in that second half. But yeah, I mean it was you know the, the strike. I mean he took the goal well, but he was given way too much space, and that's something that you know maybe a bit of complacency at three 0 up. You know if you, if what Messini is saying, you know long journeys, people are a bit tired. It's it's a tricky second half, then you can become a little bit complacent. But obviously, you know there was a we we've been taught a lesson. Obviously, we won the game, but the nervousness that we had to see the the game out with, obviously, is um is is a lesson to the team. But um. Yeah, I mean, it's a flash out. Obviously, the second one again—it's just an individual error, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's 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 poor from from Norris, who really should make the save. So, it just a, just a couple of, of of difficult difficult goals to to concede, but not sort of areas that aren't rectifiable. It's not also areas where we haven't been spot on uh, all season, i.e. the four at the back and the goalkeeper. Just had a bit of a, a difficult second half. Mm. Going through the rest of the game in 77th minute, Barnsley made it uh, 2-3. Nobody at all on that left-hand side, Mark and Owen Dodgson, who since his um, sort of introduction at half-time really was providing a, a big, big handful down that left-hand side. He whipped in another dangerous ball. Callum Stars headed in despite um, some, some desperate moves from, from Will Norris in the Pompey goal. And as Alex as mentioned there, unable to prevent the ball eventually crossing over the line Then um, between then and the end of the game, that 77th minute strike to make it 3-2 13 minutes remaining 7 minutes of added time which turned eventually into 8, it really was one way traffic from Barnsley it has to be said, Pompey were backed to the wall but Barnsley couldn't find a way through Pompey held on for a 3-2 victory, a massive 3-2 victory, Freddie. We've spoken about how it was a, a real statement win for Pompey. And, and maybe in previous seasons, with that barrage of Barnsley attacks, that game doesn't end 3-2 Pompey. You, you go back to Southend away, I hate to say it, all them seasons ago. Don't, don't remind me of that game. 3-0 <laughs> up after oh, half an hour. 3-3 against the really poor Southend side as well. Not a very, not a good one. Um and yeah, maybe last season, season before, that, that Pompey side case. And that really shows the character and the strength that this team's got this season, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I know we've gone through those two goals there and it was there were some defensive lapses, just letting uh, the Barnsley player just have all that space um, on the overlap and then obviously the goalkeeping error. But after that, even though it was one-way traffic for Barnsley, some of the defending was really good. I thought Regan Paul was immense for those final quarter of an hour, getting his body in the way of everything. And... They were unflappable, weren't they? And like you said, under previous previous seasons, we've seen Pompey let those leads slip. And then, obviously, if, they, if it was one point instead of three, then you have the entire narrative again of, oh, God, this side can't get it done against the top six mm-hmm. side that's billed for promotion. They, they can't get it done. And then all those doubts creep into your head a little bit. No, it was a massive statement win. And, uh, yeah, there were obviously... Well, John Massino said after the game that the second half was awful or something on those lines. <laughs> and yeah, it wasn't brilliant. But thankfully, we got the three points in the end. And it's this is the season for Pompey where sometimes results have to matter more than the sum of the performances. It's, 
it's pressure because if you look at next season, thinking way, way ahead, if Pompey stay in this division, you've got very strong teams who could possibly get promoted from League Two, Wrexham, Notts County, Stockwell County, who have a lot of money, and then teams that from the Championship will get relegated who won't be in as much as financial distress. It, this is this is the season. It has to be, doesn't it? It has to be. It really does have to be. Well, he scored the second of Pompey's three goals in midweek and after the game up in South Yorkshire, Paddy Lane discussed his feelings and gave his own assessment of the match. Well, Paddy, how much did you enjoy that one tonight? Well, yeah, you know, I can't say I was enjoying much of it the last ten minutes when I was on the bench watching the boys, but, you know, I had full trust that we'd get the three points and, you know, we've come away from a hard place to come three points on top of the league. What sparked that unbelievable start to the first half? Honestly, like... We, we, we know we've got that in us and it's just about sort of making sure everyone's at it and the warm-up was unbelievable and, you know, we just went into it and we had full confidence we are going to come here and get a result and it, it showed, you know what I mean, the first minute, first two minutes or so, you know, we're going to break, Colby's won the pen and, uh, you know, when Colby steps up for a pen, it's going in, it's simple as. And in the same minute, you run through, score our second, just talk us through it. Yeah, it was, you know, I've been... Uh, sort of itching to get my goal the first goal this season for the club obviously I got the one back in the last season and you know since then I watched score and it made it even special that you know it was in this net over here and the Pompey fans were up there and when I scored you know I could see my mum and dad going nuts so it was uh, yeah it was unreal to be fair I was going to say you look like you're really enjoying that celebration what what goes through your mind when you're sort of wheeling away in front of these 654 Pompey fans here tonight (laughs) well yeah first and foremost 654 coming all the way up you know I live up this way and I know what a journey it is so just want to say how good they were Um, but yeah I mean me and Riley actually had a celebration planned we were in the hotel last night and I said oh yeah you know what I'm going to do this if I score and and it was a bit of banter between me and him but in the moment it's gone in yeah I just I said to him and I was like I forgot to do it I'm so sorry Uh, but we were arty, we were buzzing, and uh, the rest of the team were. And like you say, it was just good that we could follow it up with the third straight away. What does it mean for you to, to get that first goal of the season, and, and how can you push on from here as well? Yeah, like I said in my interviews the other week, you know, it's uh, with my injury and stuff, it was it was tough. And then you know, uh, the gaffers trusted me again after Saturday. And as I said in the other interviews last week, we've put a real marker on the top of the league, and you know, we we're telling teams what we want to do. Um, and yeah, to uh, to get the results. Uh, this week, the last four days, we just need to follow it up, uh, Lincoln at home. What was the message at half-time? You've obviously just come in after such a brilliant performance, yeah. but you all know that you're going to have such a tough 45 ahead. Yeah. What was the atmosphere like as well? From from the players' point of view, we, we all knew it was coming, and you know I don't think you know you can prepare yourself however much you want. We knew the three changes coming, and we knew they were going to come right at us, and it was just about managing it. And you know, unfortunately enough, the goal's gone in. And then it's then you know resettle again. But from from the from a staff point of view, it's more tactics. And they, they were still even though we were we had a very good first half, there was still stuff that we could have done better in the first. I mean, we should have been four or five up. Do you know what I mean, and it was um, you know luckily enough the three in the first half gave us the three points, and you know we we're happy to be on our way tonight. What does it say about the the character of the group as well to be able to you know you obviously conceded the two goals, but you've grinded out the result. You've got the three points. Yeah, you know everyone put everyone put everything they had into it. I mean, um, you see con. Con gone off with injury, um, and and Gav's come off absolutely knackered. I've gone off like Rab knackered, and you know when the, the boys are coming on, they're putting a shift. Tez tonight was unbelievable, um, and you know you had full trust. You, you were just gonna, we were gonna hold on, and we, as, as nerve wracking as it was, um, we knew that we'd get the result for them fans and the fans back home, and you know like I say, top of the league, can't complain. No, I'm guessing it's going to be a, a much more enjoyable journey back as well. Um, but before that, obviously, what, what's the mood like in the dressing room after that one? I think you can imagine, do you know what I mean? We're, uh, it was first and foremost getting 
say right second half it's out of our system you know we, we held on uh, we dug deep defended the box unbelievable the boys at the back and, and midfield were, were superb and yeah the, the mood on the mood in the changing room on the bus is going to be a nice bus back tonight uh, we're going to get back late but all worth it now yeah a fantastic performance from the Blues winger on Tuesday night and a great post-match interview to follow as well here's hoping for more Paddy Lane magic when Pompey hosts Lincoln City at PO4 tomorrow afternoon that is a game but three of us will be moving on to preview after the break and when we come back we'd like to hear your score predictions as well as any final thoughts you have on the midweek win at Oakwell. A reminder that it's 81400 on the text, make Express the first word, at ExpressFM on Twitter, on the email sport at expressfm.com is where to direct your messages. Alternatively, I find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download the new ExpressFM app from which you can even turn it up a notch and send us a voice note. Stick around here on ExpressFM for the third and final part of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. This is the Football Hour on Express FM, supported by Stagecoach Across the South. Here with you for this, the final part of tonight's show, up until 7 o'clock, which is when we really ramp up the weekend here on the station with Express Floor Fillers, so be sure to stick around for that. But until then, myself, Jake Smith, and the company of Alex Fletcher and Freddie Webb here to provide you a look ahead to tomorrow's League One action. It's match day number nine for the Blues at Fratton Park, where the visitors for tomorrow's meeting are Lincoln City. Kirsty Roxanne has more side currently sat in 10th position. After a tremendous first half and a nerve-wracking second away against Barnsley Tuesday night sees the Blues at the top of the League One table. With two away games in the space for a week, we head back down south to Fratton Park to take on Lincoln City. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. With three goals in 17 minutes and two of those in the same minute, sees Paddy Lane and Connor Ogilvie make it onto the score sheet. With the unbeaten streak still continuing and John Massinho's side proving to be quite the threat, let's take a closer look at this Saturday's opposition. Manager. Mark Kennedy is an Irish football coach and former professional footballer who is at the helm for the Imps. Kennedy started his playing career at Millwall at the age of 16. Over his three-year stay at the club, he broke into a public of Ireland under-21 side. He then went on to play for Premier League sides Liverpool, Wimbledon, Manchester City and Wolverhampton Wanderers, as well as in the Football League for Millwall, Queen's Park Rangers, Crystal Palace and Cardiff City. Kennedy finished off his professional career as a left-back and left-winger at Ipswich in 2012 and joined the coaching staff. Throughout his career, he made 34 caps for the Republic of Ireland. Kennedy began coaching with the Ipswich Town Academy in 2012 and was appointed the club's under-21s head coach in the same year. He then moved on to coach Manchester City's academy and also spent time coaching with Wolves under-23 side. January 2020, he was appointed head coach at Macclesfield Town but rejected a new contract following the club's relegation to the National League as a result of points deduction for financial issues. Kennedy returned to the Ipswich Town Academy before he moved on to assistant coach at Championship Club Birmingham. He left in May 2022 and the same day he was appointed head coach of Lincoln City on a four-year contract. One to watch. 
A one to watch is a very familiar face, Rico Hackett Fairchild. The 25-year-old started his playing career at Dagenham and Redbridge and he also played for Charlton Athletic and Bromley before signing for Pompey in January 2020. In Hackett's time at Pompey, he went out on loan to previous club Bromley and Southend United. He made a total of 79 appearances for the Blues and scored 11 goals across all competitions. Hackett joined Lincoln City on a three-year deal in June 2023. The right winger wears the number seven shirt for the Imps. Top scorer. Lincoln currently have four players fighting for the top goalscorer spot so far this campaign. Daniel Mandriu, Rico Hackett, Teddy Bishop and Ethan Hamilton all currently have scored two league goals. However, Rico Hackett won the Skybet League One Goal of the Month award for August with his half-volley strike with his left foot into the top corner against Northampton Town, which ended in a 2-2 draw. Current form. Lincoln are currently sitting 10th in the League One table, nine places and four points behind the top of the league Blues. After losing that opening game 3-0 against Bolton, the Imps have since won three and drawn three. Lincoln still remain in the EFL Cup and have been drawn West Ham in the third round. The last time these two sides met was last season when both home and away games ended in a 0-0 draw. Can the Blues maintain their place at the top of the League One table? All of the admissible action on Pompey Live. A little insight there into Lincoln City, the opponents for Pompey at PO4 tomorrow afternoon. Three o'clock kickoff, of course, at Fratton Park. So the Blues still unbeaten in the league after eight games played, Freddie, and very quickly, although we hope not to lose any matches whatsoever, whether it's home or away, how important is it for Pompey tomorrow to maintain their great start to the campaign on home turf and really kick on to try and make Fratton Park a fortress? Oh, they have to, yeah. Um, I think before this month supporters kept on saying how much of an important month it was for results due to the fact they were playing some of the teams build for promotion higher things in the division and some people saying well, we had an earlier start beforehand but no Lincoln will be a tough side they set up in a 3-4-3 can overload the wide areas especially um, it was mentioned about Rico Hackett he's playing really well playing sometimes in the middle as a striker in that front three and sometimes in the wide yep. they've got other good players like Ethan Urhan as well he's a brilliant centre midfielder so Pompey need to mark him out of the game to have a lot of effects on it but no incredibly important for Pompey to get that home record sorted and I'm more positive about this game because I think Lincoln will want to play a little bit I don't see them parking the bus at all with that formation Mike uh, in Malta says enjoying the show amazing performance on Tuesday can't wait until Saturday going for a 3-0 win play out Pompey uh, Mike from Malta a little bit of news coming from Andy Moon our friend and colleague from BBC Radio Solent who says defender Conor Ogilvie and Christian Sadie both touch and go for tomorrow's game according to John Messino Sean Raggett is fit again Zach Swanson's still away dealing with a family issue and Messina hopes to welcome him back soon so yes our, our, our thoughts uh, with Zach Swanson whatever whatever the scenario may be with him and his family this week right tomorrow not only a big game on the pitch for the Blues at Fratton Park against Lincoln City but off it as well the unveiling of the Jimmy Dickinson statue after a couple of years of fundraising it is finally becoming a reality the Jimmy Dickinson statue is coming to fruition it will be unveiled at Fratton Park, in between the corner of the North Stand and the Fratton End, outside of the ground, tomorrow afternoon or midday, lunchtime, 12 o'clock, is when it is being unveiled by the Pompey Supporters Trust. And in case you missed it, here was my conversation with Donald Vass a couple of weeks ago about this. This is the culmination of probably about two years' work all in, actually, if we sort of think right back to sort of the start of this project. Um, and to now be sort of one week away from finally unveiling it for the fans, I'm, I'm just overjoyed, really. I can't wait for everyone else to see it. 
Um, I completely appreciate, you know, whenever whenever anyone announces a sort of a statue in sport, you know, there's always a little bit of tension, isn't there? We can all think of the bad ones, but <laughs> um, having sort of seen the the clay work in person, you know, I, I can I can reassure everyone, you know, when you see it next Saturday, you're going to be absolutely thrilled. It's a, a statue to, really to be proud of. Um, I think it's really befitting actually the great man mm. and the profile he's got here in the city. You know, when I think of being a Portsmouth fan, one of the things I'm really proud of actually is our rich history. We've got such an amazing uh, history of players and, and coaches through the years at our club. And I think actually, you know, it really was time that, that we honoured some of the greats. Um, and so this this project obviously particularly coincides with the club's 125th anniversary year. And we thought that that's the ideal opportunity actually to really take stock and think, you know, let's let's put some of the, those famous names and, and greatest ever players up in lights uh, and actually remember them. Um, and I think particularly, you know, I really hope this can inspire not just sort of the um, younger generation of fans as well who might not know him so well, but also a younger generation of players too to see that, you know, if you if you really go and put a shift in at this club and you really make a name for yourself, you know, you will be remembered for decades to come. Um, you know, this is, you know, Jimmy's legacy lives on, you know, to this day. And, you know, who knows, maybe there'll be, you know, the next Jimmy Dickinson coming up through the academy now that actually one day, you know, their statues can be outside the North Stand as well. You know, I'd, I'd love to see that sort of thing in the future inspire the next generation. That's right. Tomorrow, lunchtime outside Fratton Park, do come and join the Pompey Supporters Trust. I'll be there as well uh, to help unveil the Jimmy Dickinson statue. Really, really looking forward to that one. But as far as things are concerned on the pitch, Pompey take it on Lincoln City tomorrow at PO4. And we're going to go for score predictions now. Steve on Facebook's going for a 2-0 win. Uh, Luke on Twitter said 3-1 Pompey. But I really want to hear what both my guests have got to say tonight. Alex Fletcher, what do you reckon, my friend? I'm going to go for a 4-0 Pompey win and be ambitious. Freddie Webb, Pompey against Lincoln. How, how do you see this one going? Tough game, but I'm positive that Pompey will get the three points. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Pompey win. Rico Hackett's going for them, for obvious reasons. And uh, Colby Bishop-Brace, he's going to carry on and end up top goal scorer in this league. Oh, I can feel it. Fingers crossed. Freddie Webb, Alex Fletcher, it's been a pleasure to have you both on the show this evening. Pompey Live will be returning tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. The first half onslaught ends Pompey three points at Oakwell. Decent crossing for middle, Ogilvy's there! And Ogilvy makes it three! Tuesday night's 3-2 victory over Barnsley retains Pompey's unbeaten stance in League One for the start of his campaign and puts them top. Next up, Lincoln City at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. Well, you can tell that was recorded in the service station on my way back from Barnsley on Tuesday night, can't you? Do join us for Pompey Live when we return with the programme tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. It is a 3 o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park for the visit of Lincoln City to the South Coast. You can join myself and the returning Robbie James for that one. But coming up on Express FM between now and then, we've got Express Floor Fillers taking you all the way through from the 7 o'clock news in just a few moments' time through until 11 o'clock this evening, which is when Express Hits take o takes over to the early hours of Saturday morning. Tomorrow morning from 8, 
Ian McGuinness has you covered with Saturday Breakfast. He's got musical features, a look ahead to what's happening in and around Pompey this weekend, and of course the latest sport, travel and news updates between 8 and 11. Josh Bowness is sitting in once again for Lily Park between 11 and 2 o'clock, whilst Lily is on her travels. Josh will be providing ports of people, their guilty pleasures, a tiny quiz, and of course an update from the world uh, news as well. Great music to come between 11 and 2 from Josh. Pompey Live, of course, as I mentioned, returning from 2 through till 6, which is when Josh Robinson takes control with the local music show here from 6 o'clock on Express FM. I'll be back with the next instalment of the Football Hour on Monday evening at the same time at 6 o'clock. But until then, Pompey fans, thank you very much for tuning in. Have a fantastic weekend and play our Pompey. Good night. <laughs>